everyone to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast show with myself and Aaron and Tom. There's been so much to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. We thought we'd jump on here with the Blind Tag episode. Tom, how's it going? Going pretty good. Uh, just started some vacation. Uh, been able to get caught up on a lot of pro wrestling. So it's uh, it's been a, lot, a busy couple of days uh, just kind of catching up, but it's a very enjoyable time. So. Now, before we actually get into some of that wrestling news, you actually got a special something uh, this week in the mail. What'd you get? I did. Um, I got a custom championship belt for the podcast. Pretty sweet. Um, details pretty good on it. It, it came from Trophy Smack. Um, I had seen a bunch of uh, Facebook ads, and I was like, what's this thing all about? Uh, it acted like it was pretty easy. So I looked into it. I guess they were on Shark Tank, um, and it, it seemed pretty reasonable. So tried it out, sent them the logo, add the, the banners. It is very shiny. Um, it looks better in person because there's not as much glare. Of course, the, the light on it uh, has that reflection as well. Uh, I will say, you know, Compared to like the WWE replicas, it's uh, a little different. The um, the plates are similar. Um, the belt, however, is more of a, to me, seems more like a leather strap. Um, I really don't know what it's made out of, but it is the flimsier uh, than what the replica belts, which is Good and bad, it just depends on what you like and how you're displaying it or what you're doing with it. Um, but overall, for the price, quality's pretty good. Yeah, something makes me think I did see them on Shark Tank a long time ago because I, I used to watch that show quite a bit on Friday nights when I was home. Uh, and then when you mentioned it to me, I went to the website, and this is our cheap plug to Trophy Smack. And no, they're not giving us any publicity or anything of that nature, but they also do fantasy football rings and fantasy football championships as well. So if you're looking uh, for a way to represent yourself or your brand or your league, uh, you know, hit up Trophy Smack. And thank you all for the job on the belt. Looks really sharp. Um, so good job overall. There's our cheap flow for Trophy Smack right there. So call us. There you go. So, <laughs> all right. So it has been crazy since the last time we were able to really sit down and talk. You know, we've done some preview shows to Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. Uh, and we kind of alluded to that this was the Triple H era, and we were going to see things that we weren't hoping to have seen previously because we really enjoyed the Triple H NXT. And since we last spoke, Karrion Cross is back. Dakota Kai is back. Io Shirai, as Io Sky, is on the main roster. We also have, as of last night, Hit Rose back as well, minus Swerve. Uh, so your overall impression now of Triple H and his new regime? Well, and you also forgot there is the uh, Dexter Loomis situation. Yes, and so, Dexter, Dexter Loomis is so also lurking around. So, I, I mean, it's great. I like it. It's something, uh, you know, I think that the hardcore fans, uh, these are acts that we all like. So for them to come back, you know, we look at, you know, even like Hit Row. Big fan of Hit Row, but I, you know, I was at the point when they released them. I was like, why, why did they release them? You know, they had just started really getting their push on TV, and then they're just gone. 
You know, and same way with Dakota Kai. Why did they get rid of Dakota Kai? I mean, it's just some of the, the decisions didn't make much sense at the time. So now that, you know, they're coming back, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's see where this goes because they were talents that we didn't understand why they were let go to begin with. So it's, it's definitely uh, one of those situations where you're going to give the benefit of the doubt because they're bringing in the people that you liked and they're giving them that opportunity that was taken from them. So it's definitely put it in a positive light, uh, but it's too early to really see what things are going to un- un- unravel and, you know, how the stories are going to go and who's going to actually get pushed. So it, it's just at that point where I want to watch, which is a good place for them to have when people want to watch. Yeah, I, I was excited to kind of see Hit Roll back, but I'm sad to see the Swerve's not part of them. Because uh, for, for me, um, and it could just be because we haven't seen uh, the other three really be able to show what they've gotten yet. Swerve was definitely the star of that group, uh, kind of held them kind of together. And I got to think wherever, you know, down in AEW, he's looking at that and he's happy for those, uh, for the remainder of Hit Row to be back as well. Cross was one from the beginning, you know, when they brought him in with Jeff Hardy and he lost like in a minute and 20 seconds. We were already like, what is going on here? And then he was the gladiator carrying cross, but now he's back to TikTok carrying cross with Scarlet, which is a huge addition in itself because she really helps that character. She brings so much to that character of carrying cross um, because she's so diabolical in what she does. And you have to pay attention to her character, whether she's standing outside the ring, just staring at you because she's could always get involved. I love the fact that they're throwing him kind of at Drew and Roman. They're making him seem important right off the bat. I probably would have waited, though, and I mentioned this to you, to debut him at Clash at the Castle uh, instead of on SmackDown because I feel like now a lot of us believe that Cross is going to cost Drew the match. Uh, and when I go into this do, go into those types of matches, I don't like to feel like I know the finish ahead of time sometimes. So if he would have came out at the Clash of the Castle and kind of interfered there, I think it would have been a whole lot better, but I'm glad to see him back. Yeah, and one other thing to touch on on Hit Row is um, they were, the three of them were together prior to Swerve. Um, and tr- from what I understand, Triple H added Swerve a couple weeks before they debuted on NXT TV. Um, but they have a lot of chemistry together, just the three of them. Um, and obviously Triple H sees the, you know, the riding in the sand on them as a big money talent, uh, whether Swerve's there or not. I think Swerve is just a standout star. So him being added into anything, I think, is going to be great. Uh, but I have high hopes for the trio uh, to be just as good without him as an addition to them. So I'm I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, and I, I don't know what you do. It feels like right now WWE has so many tag teams. Yes. like And that's a thing that we've, a couple years ago, we were kind of like, well, there's a couple of elite tag teams, but then there's a couple of jobber tag teams. But they're really trying to make everyone seem important. Uh, the Viking Raiders have got this new push for the very brutal. You still always have the New Day, which you got to take, uh, you know, you always got to believe that they've got a chance to win the tag team championships. You still have the street profits who are kind of, I'm going to say it, they're kind of mediocrity right now. 
They've been beat so many times. Even looks like Humberto and Angel are going to get a new life. They kind of push down the masculine male models are around. You've got um, maybe Riddle and Orton if Orton comes back. So the tag team division right now is in a really good spot. I still don't know who's the team that's going to take out the Usos. Because I, you know, you like to think it could have been Ray and Dominic in a way. But I still believe Dominic's going to turn to the dark side of the Judgment Day. And Babyface tag team-wise right now is where they are lacking. Uh, so Hit Row coming right now. And I do consider them as Babyfaces. Uh, they haven't given me a reason to believe that they're not. Uh, but they're one of the only Babyface tag teams outside of the New Day right now with a lot of credibility. Yeah, and, and I'm excited about the tag team division where, you know, we really felt like in the past it was definitely not a focus of Vince McMahon. Uh, and I feel like that's turned around. So uh, it's exciting to see where they're going with it. Um, but yeah, they've got to continue on the path that they're on in building these tag teams up, which they're doing. So it just may take a little bit of time to reverse some of the damage that's been done uh, with that division. But it's definitely looking up, which is a very positive. Another thing that they've done a really good job with is trying to make those secondary titles mean something. Uh, the United States Championship over the last few weeks, they've done a great job with the video packaging and pushing someone like a Tommaso Ciampa to that level. And then last night, uh, so everyone knows what we're recording this, last night, you know, they did a great video package for the Intercontinental title as well with pushing Gunter and Shinsuke Nakamura. So I really believe by elevating these titles up, it will help the fans who see Roman as the overall universal type champion, because if you can elevate those secondary titles, then it helps out with a lot more singles competitors. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I look at like Gunther and I really feel like he was heading down a path prior to triple H that he wasn't getting over like he should have been. And only his fans from previous were hanging on. Uh, I don't think they introduced him and were really pushing him in a way for people who didn't know him um, to really get behind him uh, and see him for the talent that he is. But I feel like the last couple of weeks that he's been on there, it's there's been more focus on what he's been doing. However, I wasn't too thrilled with the match with him and Shinsuke. I mean, it was fine. Uh, but that's a match that I really feel like should have had some more build um, and should have been given a little bit more time. I think it went maybe 11 minutes, uh, but I still felt like it was a little short uh, for both competitors to to really show what they can do. And that was a match I was looking forward to. Um, but as far as Gunther himself, I do think they're pushing him in the right direction and giving him some of the um, – you know, the focus that he really needed when he first came into the, the SmackDown picture. Well, I, I thought they did an okay job building it. I mean, they've kind of had Shinsuke miss, uh, messing with Gunter for at least the last month and Ludwig as well. So I, I thought the build for it was kind of okay. Um, could they say that for Clash at the Castle? Probably. But I'm okay that they are giving uh, some of these re- – guys that we consider really great wrestlers, an opportunity to show what they've got. 
And I, but I also feel like with Gunter right now, it may have been too soon to give him that spotlight coming off of the way Vince was portraying him, that some of the fans, like you're talking about, some of the fans in the stands aren't into him quite yet. Let him build some major heel heat and then give him, you know, that 15-minute match at the end of SmackDown. And, of course, anytime you're at SmackDown, you're close to the main event. Let's be honest. The crowd's hoping Roman Reigns is showing up. You know, they're hoping for a main event probably send-off of maybe Drew McIntyre to Usos, which they kind of had earlier in the night. And maybe that's just not the main event spot that it should have been in. Maybe it should have been at the end of the first hour instead, and maybe they should have went off the air with Drew and the Usos. Maybe then the crowd would have got a little bit more behind it instead of, I don't know if the crowd was ready for Gunter to be your main event uh, for SmackDown right now. Right. And I will say, though, I feel like even Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown's definitely more so than Raw, I think. But I think they're flowing the shows a little bit better to keep you wanting to watch and not fast forward or change the channel to something else, um, which is definitely a change from the way had it been booked for years and years. Um, and even if they're small things, uh, it's definitely helping me stay uh, wanting to continue to watch versus playing on my phone or something else. So they're definitely doing a good job in the way they're doing it, even if sometimes it may not seem like what we think they should do. Um, I think it's working in the aspect of keeping people tuned in. Yeah. Also, we finally got some clarification on what's happening with women's tag team titles. Uh, there is a tournament. And when you look at that bracket, for me, I think there's only one winner. For this, and I think it's going to be Dakota and EO uh, winning those tag titles. What are your thoughts when you look at that bracket? Um, there's there's different things they could do. I think that's the what the consensus would be. I think if you pulled a hundred people, that's what they would think. Um, but I wouldn't have a problem with it being somebody different um, because I I wonder what their plans are for the winners. You know, and I think that makes a big difference, too, uh, because if they let's let's say that Sasha and Naomi are coming back and they are going to confront the winners or something, um, I think that could change who I would want to win that tournament. And I don't know that um, Dakota and EO would be the ones that I would put in that position because I think Sasha and Naomi are definitely winning those belts back. If they come, there's a lot of ifs there. I understand that if they come back, if they challenge them automatically, if they're even in the tag division, but let's say that happens. I don't think it should be EO and Dakota Kai. I would rather it be a team that, you know, I don't want to get beat. I don't want them to get beat yet. If that's if that makes any sense. If they win the tag championships, I definitely want them to run with them because I think that that's the level that they are. But if they're going up against Sasha and Naomi, I don't foresee that happening. So I would rather have it be a team that I would be okay with getting beat after just winning those championships. If that makes any sense whatsoever. See, I, I, I think that if Naomi and Sasha are coming back, it's got to be EO and it's got to be Dakota because uh, th those two are going to wrestle, looks like Asuka and Alexa Bliss in the second round. So the championship would possibly be either Dakota and EO or Alexa and Asuka. And on the other side, you've already got 
Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah who have gone further. And I would assume, I could be totally wrong, I would assume that Sonya and Natty are going to beat the NXT team of Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyon. And so that, I don't know. I can I could see that with Sasha and Naomi kind of joining Bianca. But then they would have to replace basically EO and Alexa. I mean, they would have to. And that's kind of weird in itself, right? So maybe they're not coming back for the tag titles at all. They may not. But what do you think about Nikita and Zoe if they were to win win it? And then if Sasha and and Naomi come back to beat them, I don't think it would be as shocking, especially since they are NXT talent. Um, but I guess the rules could be that they can, because it's the way it was before, they could defend them on on uh, NXT, but NXT has their own now, right? Right. So, and, and, uh, and that's the thing, too. So one thing with Sasha and Naomi was they wanted to make those titles mean something. So they wouldn't, they should not want for somebody to hot tag those titles right to them. So if they're true in what they said and why they were so upset, then they shouldn't want those titles to be hot tagged back to them, which who's to say that Sasha and Naomi would even win the titles. They could end up feuding. They could break up. They could split up. Something could happen there. Uh, but I, th- I think for the long term, that's probably the plan. Uh, especially since Bailey gets her, you know, because if Bailey is going to challenge Bianca soon, which we assume she's going to have a one-on-one match with her eventually, it would kind of make sense that maybe Bailey's team would have all the titles. And I don't see Zoe Stark and them winning it. Zoe's about to wrestle for the NXT women's title coming up. I thought that was weird placement. You have all this talent down there you could have used. I mean, you could have actually put in um, a ton of chance and Caden Carter who are the NXT tag team champions and had a chance for them to actually go and win both titles, but they went with the other instead. So, Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I, I just like the fact that they're giving the women the spotlight and a chance to um, push these storylines and have something good to do um, and to get all the mixes in there of different people. I think it's great. Yeah. Now, we ain't going to spend all the time talking about WWE. Uh, of course, you know, we, we hope that there's some more surprises. Maybe a Bray Wyatt coming back would be good. A Johnny Gargano coming back would be good. I would like to see uh, Gargano and Ciampa reunited. Maybe they could take out the Usos. Man, that would be some great tag team matches right there. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see on what Triple H does and what he has the power to do. Uh, but, you know, there's also other talents that can be elevated from NXT you know, Brian Breaker still. Uh, and he was always high on people. I know this sounds weird. He was high on people like T-Bar, Donovan Dijakovic, where Vince was not. So some repackaging with some talent as well could do some people a lot of good. So good things definitely going. But let's switch to AEW real quick. Because um, we don't – we talk about AEW. We don't talk about them in depth like WWE because it doesn't seem like they got as many issues or problems as WWE has. Uh, but – your thoughts right now on uh, John Moxley and CM Punk coming up at All Out. Uh, Punk's already back from his injury. And your thoughts on that matchup? I'm excited for the matchup itself. Um, just because I think that they can both put on something great. They're both 
at a spot where their their passion is very high, and I, and I think they're going to make it something great. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, we'll you know they've had the the one encounter so far, and I wasn't one hundred percent impressed with how they handled it, um, but it was fine. And uh, I don't. That's one of those matches that I don't necessarily have to have a whole lot for that match to sell me on it because I I just know it's going to be a great match. But again, what's the story other than the fact that CM Punk is the true AEW World Champion and Moxley's the interim? So are they going to turn it into anything else, or is it going to be strictly about the championship? Which is fine if they tell that story. We'll just kind of have to see how that plays out. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that believe that Punk's going to come in and actually beat beat Moxley, and it's a done deal because he shouldn't have lost the title anyway if he wasn't hurt. But I can see the big swerve here, and Moxley actually continue with the championship. He's doing a really good job right now. Punk's somebody who does not need the title. He's Teflon. Um, so there's a lot of variables as far as that goes. Also, they've introduced the trios title, something – a lot of us have wanted them to do for a while. I would have rather them had the trios titles long before they had the mid Atlantic title, uh, which I, nothing against Pac. He's the mid Atlantic champion, right? I think so. Yes. That, that should tell you something that we're still, we had to stop and think about that. Uh, but the trios title is something that's kind of interesting. Um, so glad to see them introduce that. And they've broken up the super, uh, you know, elite, with Adam Coe and Red Dragon and looking to feud with the Bucks in a mystery guy, perhaps down the road for those titles. So good stuff there. Uh, also, Swerve in Our Glory is now the tag team championship, so good for them. I, that was something I was really happy to see. Um, I think we both thought Keith Lee deserved a little bit better than what he was getting in the WWE. Uh, and, of course, if he would have held on a little bit longer, who knows where he'd be uh, to, right now as high as Triple H was on him, but good for him and Swerve. I always like to kind of change it up. I thought there for a while that tag team division was just really stuck in either FTR, you know, the Lucha Brothers, or Young Bucks. You know, I just feel like there was this loop with those three teams always kind of around. So I love to get that fresh blood in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, when you're talking some of the greatest tag teams of all time, however – you can watch the greatest tag teams of all time wrestle each other so many times where it loses its luster. And I feel like that's where we were at. So I want to see FTR wrestle, but I want to see them wrestle someone else. Same way with the Lucha Bros. And, you know, the Young Bucks, you know, they're the Young Bucks. I find them entertaining, um, but I'm not the the biggest Young Bucks fan when it comes to their entering matches. I mean, they're definitely talented. They're definitely athletic. They do some crazy stuff that's cool. Um, but they're not somebody that I want necessarily in the title picture all the time. Uh, there's a lot of teams that I feel like are definitely more entertaining in, in an aspect that, you know, speaks to me personally more than what their, uh, you know, their their shtick or whatever you want to however you want to say that uh they're just not necessarily my cup of tea um but to have uh keith lee and swerve doing their thing is great um i I love the fact that you know they're maybe not 
something that people would have looked for uh, is putting them together as a tag team. Um, but when they did it, it seems like it's working really well. Now, I do hope that Keith Lee ends up doing something fairly quickly uh, on the single scene within the next few years. Um, and then Swerve eventually as well. But, I, you know, I, I feel like Swerve's got a lot more time to get to that point. Uh, whereas Keith Lee, I feel like it's it's his time. I feel like he's uh, at that point in his career where if he's going to be a world champion, it's going to be in the next year or two. So I'm kind of hoping that for him, uh, I'd like to see him in that picture uh, in the next you know year or so. Not n- not that I want to rush them breaking up or anything like that. I don't. Um, I think, th- and they don't necessarily have to break up. You know, they can just go their separate ways at some point. But um, that's kind of how I feel like Keith Lee. So uh, the tag team division is stacked, uh, and it's it's doing well. Now, when you watch AEW over last week or two are you feeling a sense of urgency now that WWE's kind of picked up their game a little bit you know i do feel like they have um done some things that are standing out more than what they were uh prior to the triple h regime with you know with all the the people coming back and the things that are going on over there i do feel like they've uh really tried to do some things that were exciting or whatever I mean, the the Darby Allen and Brody match, you know, they I, I really feel like they were trying uh, to, you know, spike some views and stuff by having that match open the show and the blood and Darby being Darby and all that stuff. And then, you know, the Jericho and Moxley match at the end with the blood and, you know, some of the stuff like that. I, I just I feel like they could be getting close to overkill on the blood even though I'm a big fan of it. So um, I don't think they're there yet, but I do think they need to be careful. Um, But I do think they're trying to do things that are going to stand out. And then I do want to talk about the Sunny Kiss turn or whatever that was on ramp. Okay. Before before you get to that, okay, because since you mentioned it, I I wanted to say something. I'm tired of coffin matches with Darby Allen already. I put it out there on Twitter. You mentioned him. Um, it seems like every feud he is in, it's the same story. He gets destroyed, beat up, or whatever, and then he gets a coffin match. He's had more coffin matches than The Undertaker. Already. That's what I feel like. I feel like every feud he's in leads to a coffin match. It should be something special. It shouldn't, like, very rare, once every two years, maybe, there's a coffin match or something where he has to get his revenge. But I feel like I have literally seen, and maybe I'm exaggerating, 10 coffin matches. Uh, There's been quite that many. It's at least been four or five. That's too many in the first three years of your promotion. Maybe they're trying to sell that ringside exclusive action figure coffin exclusive thing they got. Maybe that's what it is. No, I don't know. I, I enjoy the matches. Yeah, they're what, fun, but it's like for what they are. But it does <clears throat> just anything else. The more you do it, the less special it is. Right. Okay. Sunny kiss at the end of rampage. Go ahead. Okay. So I think it was another situation where you know they they see all this stuff happening on WWE where somebody's returning and this is going on, that's going on, and they wanted something that was 
uh, maybe shocking or whatever. Um, so they have they have uh, Parker destroy Sonny. Parker Bruto. Yeah, yeah. Which you know Parker is a is another one of those things where I think they're you know they're they're pr- trying to put him out there and and show him off because you know his time in WWE you know didn't go anywhere or whatever. So it's another one of those where they're trying to. Uh, keep up or one up the WWE with everything that's going on. But then for later on in the night for Sonny to turn and be buddies with him to me made no sense. And I was just watching it and I'm, I'm trying to take it all in and I'm sure they'll try to explain it afterwards and, and do all that. But I mean, it would be different if Sonny just kind of laid down and and let Parker Parker you know get the pin, but it was brutal. And then of course Sonny's fine, no big deal. I'm okay, smiling, like I didn't just get beat up earlier in the night. And then she's it was almost like this was their plan all along, but this story just started. So it. it it did nothing for me other than go, what's going on? I need to know what's going on. Yeah. And it could just be not necessarily aligning with you no know, Ari Davari and them. It could just be tired of the best friends and orange, but still, yeah, it just, there, there wasn't the place for it. And I feel like there was some hot shotting to, uh, you know, look at team Taz, all the hot shotting, you know, they're team Taz, but Hook came out and beat up Starks, and then Starks got beat up by Hobbs, and it's just like, what is going on? Then Taz's like, well, I'm done with Team Taz. I'm done with it, you know, and so I feel like there's a lot of hot shotting going on right now. It's a game of one-upsmanship, and no offense, you know, the offense to Sonny and Kiss, but um, kind of like you, I don't know if that's the person on Rampage I'm turning. Yeah. If it and, was one of the best friends turning on Orange Cassidy, if it's Trent Beretta, maybe. But I don't know if anyone cares that Sonny Kiss turned on Orange Cassidy. Well, no offense to Sonny Kiss, but who is Sonny Kiss? Sonny Kiss ain't really been on TV in months. So I think that's part of the problem. Don't get me wrong. This is a great opportunity for Sonny to be on TV, and that's fantastic. But it's too early for there to be a turn, in my opinion, if if the audience doesn't even know who Sonny is. That's true. Yeah, so we'll just have to see what the follow-up is with that. Um, see how it kind of goes from there. So uh, real quick before we go, uh, we went out of StarCast. Had a good time. Uh, met some people. We were dying to meet. Well, I don't know if you were dying to meet some people, but – I was able to finally meet Bret Hart. Great experience overall. I uh, was able to give him a copy of my book, Independent Road. Uh, and I met Bully Ray. Great guy. Great, honest guy. He basically just told me, and I tell everybody, he was like, listen, I'm never reading this book. But he promised me he'd give that copy to Dave LaGreca. It was nothing against the book. He just said he doesn't read. So uh, hopefully some good things will come from that as well. But overall, good experience. Black Label Pro put on a good show that Friday night. Uh, good crowd down there. Good crowd down there. Uh, thought it was well run for my first convention. You've been to more than one, so what'd you think? It was a good time. Um, 
if I try to compare it, I really feel like the Squared Circle Expo in Indianapolis um, felt like a it felt like a bigger event to me, even though some of the side um, shows and panels and things at Starcast were definitely bigger than what was at Squared Circle Expo. Um, but there, there was definitely more talent at like the Squared Circle Expo, um, which is a good problem and a bad problem, especially if you're trying to meet everybody and, and make time and stand in line for everybody and, and things like that. StarCast, I've, I definitely felt like was easy to maneuver around and get to whoever you were trying to meet and um, navigate through that. Um, really, I, I didn't have to stand in line too long, except for just one line. And that's because I'm not going to bury anybody, but they were an hour late to the signing. Uh, so we had to kind of wait till they got there. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things, you know, I know things happen. Uh, it's not that big of a deal, um, but it was fun to walk around and be able to talk to people and, you know, just, just people walking by, having a good time. It's, you know, wrestling fans um, are different than a lot of other fans of, of different sports or any, any entertainment. I really feel like you can walk up and talk to anybody that's a pro wrestling fan um, and you can have a conversation. Now, there are different levels to that conversation on what they are into and what they know and what are knowledgeable about. Um, but everybody's happy to say hello and, you know, who their favorite person is and what they're here to see and things like that. So it's definitely a good time. Um, and to be able to do those things in the world that we live in today is it's just a blessing to be able to get out and and be able to socialize like that. I think that's something that people really need in their lives, um, whether it, it be wrestling or whatever genre they like to to in, in dive into. But um, just to be able to have that fellowship, to be able to, you know, go around people that like some of the same things and enjoy that is a great thing. Yeah, good good time. Uh, like I said, I didn't see anyone acting out, acting a fool. I did on social media afterwards. I saw some people acting like a fool, but I didn't see it in person while I was actually there. Um, looking forward to doing some things. Tom and I have some opportunities upcoming uh, that have been presented to us, and we're not going to discuss that this week because we don't want to jinx it because things can happen. So, uh, so fingers crossed that those come uh, to fruition. So that's some great opportunities for us. Uh, for a major promotion and uh so hopefully that all pans out in the next few weeks and we can take care of that got some great shows lined up uh for the rest of the month and the month of september as well and our subscribers continuously grow we've uh, in the last week we really picked up quite a few subscribers um so appreciate everyone who's hitting that subscribe button and if you haven't yet please do so uh, all the support that you all can give us helps us get some better opportunities sometimes because whether or not you guys know it, sometimes people say, well, you don't have enough subscribers. Um, it doesn't matter about the hard work that we put into something. Um, sometimes I look at that number. So any subscribers we can get, we greatly appreciate it as well. You see us out and about, say hi. And uh, for myself and Tom, everyone enjoy your week and we will see y'all down the road.